Would you like to count us down? In five, four, three, two. I don't even know this song. <laughs> I'm like, at all. song and I don't know why because it was at the beginning but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened with that it said it was at the beginning but I think it started playing the middle verse but mm. anyway but yeah welcome... that's <laughs> yeah uh, it, it's called the town the dreaded sundown so uh, <clears throat> makes sense. I was hoping you would catch him say the town the dreaded sundown at the end of the chorus but I don't think he did. No. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to episode 63 of Santa Mira After Dark. I'm Jeremy. I'm Steven. And uh, would you like to tell the audience what spring film we're doing today? Mm-hmm. We're doing The Town That Dreaded Sundown from 2014. Yes. Um originally thought to be a spring movie by Steven. Because the original um, one is. It takes place during prom season. Yeah, because I picked the original one because I thought it, I thought it took place in the summer. I, mm-hmm. picked that, I picked that last summer. We were like, oh, this isn't a summer movie. This is a spring movie. Well, you so were closer than I was. So the, the idea was to do this movie during the spring, but um, Unfortunately, it uh, the opening scene takes place in Halloween night, <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> the Christmas film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's Christmas tones <laughs> in the movie. And like, I'm not, sh- <laughs> not sure w- at what time period this movie ends, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's not in the springtime. Definitely not. Um, Arguably, the last scene could be considered springtime. Is for some reason I still thought it was like Christmas at the end of the movie. Um, 
but yeah uh, regardless uh we we uh miscalculated the um the season in which this <laughs> this movie takes place in but um yeah the, the town that dreaded sundown uh 2014 is directed by alfonso gomez R- rijon i think is how you say his name um it stars addison timlin uh veronica cartwright and uh anthony anderson who uh very very random role because he's uh in a lot of comedy films and i guess he, he was in scream four so i guess he just decided at some point he's going to do some horror films um and uh yeah so oh, yeah, Dennis O'Hare was in the movie i like him yeah um oh yeah i was trying to who plays uh who plays charles yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess the best way to describe this film is that it's a uh, not quite a remake, not quite a sequel, but sort of a, a spinoff of the original Town the Dreaded Sundown because it takes place in a world where the killings that inspired that movie actually happened. Mm-hmm. And this town, uh, apparently once a year, they have um, the town that dreaded sundown day where they screen the, the, the film for the entire town. And um, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. But uh, so, um, I mean, I guess that's the best way to describe it is that it's not, I mean, kind of a sequel, kind of a remake, kind of a spinoff. A... Um, I I guess there's like a copycat killer is the idea that um yeah like someone who is uh either like seeking revenge for the killings that originally happened or one reason or another but, but we'll get there and uh try to um make sense of the motives that they give because <laughs> um once they do explain the sackhead murders they're they're not the most uh th- not not the best reasoning i, I in my opinion <laughs> um so w- what do we think of the town the dreaded sundown um no <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah i i think this is probably the first time in a while that we've done a movie where uh, both of us are too fond of it. Because even when we did uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the the new one that just came out, like I just thought it was like it, it, it was it wasn't great, but you know it was a, it was a fun movie. It's good for a one time viewing. Yeah, you didn't necessarily like it as much as I did, but I thought it was pretty good. So I think we're we're both in agreement that this movie is. Uh, uh, not not too good. Um, and you remember last week I said that it was gonna it'll probably start off strong, but then it's gonna end bad based on people that wrote it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Could, <laughs> so so what are the writers known for? Uh, refresh my memory. Um, the one wrote Riverdale, Sabrina, and Katie Keene. Or he directed okay. those or whatever. And the other one did 
American Horror Story, Glee, Scream Queens. Okay, yeah. I do remember you. Uh... I saw both of their names attached to it, so I was like, oh, I'll, probably, I'll probably like it, but... Yeah, I do remember, remember you mentioning I might mess that. up. <laughs> so... And they inevitably did. <laughs> I mean, let's... Um... I mean, we're, we're gonna... We're gonna delve into this plot and kind of um, rip on it because it it, uh, uh, it it it's it's very strange. But before we do that, let's uh, let's do what I do and let's let's start with love. So, uh, like, what are some good things that this movie does? It had a strong opening. Um, yeah, I, I did enjoy the opening. Especially that shot of the first kill where he's telling uh uh what's what's the main girl's name, Jamie, to um look away while he's uh killing the guy that she's seeing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Um I thought that, that was going to be like a movie. The uh-huh. way it was shot until I saw her crawling under the screen and I was like, Oh, okay. That's uh, really like, like one of those scenes like in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Or like, like yeah, or like a movie within a movie. Like it starts off as a fake movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. That would be very meta, though. If they're, like, in this movie, they're making a sequel to The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Yeah, because they, be... they did that later on in the movie. It was, like, oh, a really, really quick scene. Oh, yeah. I, I really like that, where it kind of um, transitions... It, it like kind of pans left onto the house, and then yeah. we we see them filming the original movie. I thought that that was mm-hmm. that was a really cool scene. Um, it's just kind of weird because it happened one time. Yeah, I wish they would have done it a few more times. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree with that because th- there are a lot of scenes where it's kind of like paying uh, tribute to the original, which I thought mm-hmm. is, is another cool thing that this movie does, is that uh, like we have that scene where the Phantom Killer is stalking that girl through the uh, like the cornfield or whatever. Yeah. Like that, oh, that was, that's another thing I was going to mention. That happened in the original. And the, uh, the trumpet killing mm-hmm. that happened in the original. And yeah, that, that would have been a cool thing where it's like if when they're paying tribute to the original killings, like we get like a brief clip of like the the uh, filming of the original film or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why they I don't know why they only do it once. Um, yeah, it was so like they, a, weird, a weird decision to make. Yeah. Um, Another field scene. Is what the sunflower scene in Texas Chainsaw should have been. <laughs> yeah, um, I really like that too. Um, like she sees the scarecrow and screams, and then he's because he's like on the other side of the field, and the mm-hmm. scarecrow kind of looks like him, so she screams, and then like that draws the attention to her. I thought that was pretty cool. And I like the above shots when she was crawling, he was walking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, other than those few things, like this, uh, 
this movie is is just like average at best, like if that, because it's just like I, like I I don't know. I, I this is probably my this is my third time seeing this movie. Mm. I, I remember the first time I saw it. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that was that was really good." And then it just like as it went along, I'm like, "Yeah, this." Uh, like the more times I watch it, I'm like, "Yeah, this isn't uh, isn't as good as I once thought it was." Well, apparently, I did watch it some other time <clears throat> because I remembered like half the death scenes, and I remember the ending, and I remember the beginning. So. I think don't know when. I think maybe the reason why I don't like it now is because I finally saw the the original one. Mm-hmm. And the the original one is it's not really a slasher, which I would I think we were both surprised by the first time we saw it. There was like a really cool mix of like a horror movie and a western movie, like a crime movie where. Yeah. And totally scrap all that and just make this like a generic slasher film and like, oh, here's the big reveal at the end where, uh, oh, plot twist, uh, so-and-so is the killer. And it's, it, they totally threw away the whole um, idea of like the multiple genres that the original had and just yeah. made just a generic slasher. And I think that's, that might be another reason why it uh, why it's significantly worse than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate because there's, like, we pointed out some good things, and there's, there's like, potential here. It just doesn't... Uh, it, for one reason or another, it just doesn't work out. It doesn't deliver. Um, but the thing it was missing was singing. <laughs> it needed a musical number? Yeah, because of the... <laughs> That's what the um, both directors are known for. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, so, since we mentioned it, I was like, like I, I, I just have this idea where cool subplot in here would be like, oh, this movie company's coming to town and they're filming a sequel to the town that dreaded sundown. Kind <laughs> and, of like the the podcast people. Yeah. From Halloween. Th- that would have been. That would have been neat. And it's mm-hmm. like like oh these um these killings uh or th- this movie crew has inspired the uh the return of the phantom killer and it's like oh is he a ghost who's angry that they're mocking his legacy or is it like an angry townsperson or something like that like i think that would have been a better story than whatever they have going on here mhm um no, at the end when they revealed the killer. Yeah. I was like, who is that? <laughs> yeah, like I, I, would, I, I would have to go through my notes to even tell you who the one killer is because I have no idea. Um, off the top of my head, I forget who it is. Yeah, spoiler alert, there are two. Which, uh, whatever. The one <laughs> is... So I, I know who the one is, but the, the original killer who is like framing the other two, like I don't like I I don't know who who is the other killer? You could spoil it, I guess. There was um 
I thought it was the one that guy that got shot, and then the cop. Oh yeah, it is a cop. Yeah, okay. And it's uh, her. It's. I mean, I, I guess we could start going through the movie because we'll, we'll just um, kind of spoil the ending from the beginning. And I'm assuming anyone who is watching or who is listening to this podcast has seen this movie because I don't think anyone in 2022 is looking up this uh, podcast and being like, "Oh, I wonder what if I should watch the Town of <laughs> Sundown." Let me listen to a podcast that's as long as the movie. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, spoilers for The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Uh, we're going to go through the plot and uh, kind of rip on it. Um, I, mean, I, I guess before we get there, I wanted to complain about one more thing. Uh, what is this color palette that they chose in this movie? So, <laughs> like, so, so I watched it on Tubi, and I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't know if it was just... Because Tubi is free. I didn't know if it was like a just a bad transfer to Tubi, but were there a lot of scenes where it was just, like, yellow? Um, yeah, I think so. And it, it's like the 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 sunlight. Yeah. But, but like, I, I hate it, because it just looked like like pea color. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it wasn't a good kind of, of yellow, it was just terribly lit in and, and they, they do it a ton of times where it just looks this ugly yellow color. Yeah, I prefer like blue tints or grayish tints. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's just a personal preference or if that's like just how it was badly lit. But um, and another thing I want to complain about and we'll get we'll we'll get to my complaints with him. But uh, <laughs> Anthony Anderson's character who plays uh, Lone Wolf Morales who is the, the deputy that comes to town to <laughs> to uh, kind of solve the killings, I guess. Which I, I think there's a Morales in the original film, too. I think that's just a tribute to that. But, like, that... We need spark plug. Yeah, we, we did need spark plug. <laughs> but that, that lone wolf Morales character, he's... Uh, I, have, I have a few complaints when we get to his plot points, but... Um, He's a terrible character in this movie. <laughs> Arguably one of the worst cops in any slasher movie ever, because he just sits down and watches the movie for half the movie. It's like oh, he, yeah. he, he needs to watch the original movie. He does it for like half the movie. He even said that, believe it or not, I've never seen the original movie, and then he goes to watch the movie instead of this police work. Yeah. So that was nice. So uh, we open up with a a Texas Chainsaw Massacre-like opening with like the narrator coming in and telling us about the original killings, which I thought was a a nice touch as well. It's especially especially for like a um, film that takes place in Texas. It might have been a nice tribute to that original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Um. Not sure if that's that was intentional, but but they tell us that every year that this town has the town that dreaded sundown day, where they screen this entire film that took that uh, is inspired by actual killings that took place in this town uh, for the entire town to watch. 
Mm-hmm. Um, not sure how accurate that like, would be in a real life situation, where like if there were these slayings from an unknown killer like sixty years ago, would would we be kind of celebrating it and like reminiscing on? Yeah, that on, would be on how our bad taste. Uh, how our, our great grandma was slaughtered by the Phantom Killer. <laughs> like, oh, let me go watch the the movie on that. Um, I mean, I I feel like it kind of brings a bad a bad omen if you like, because I feel like that just inspires other people to do it. And I don't know if that's just me who is like a weird slasher movie fan, <clears throat> but it's like. Uh-huh. It, like for certain people, that might inspire things because it's like, oh, they 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 kind of celebrate this guy who slaughtered, you know, five or six people or whatever it is. Yeah. So, like, maybe if I do that, it'll celebrate me too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just feel like it, it's a bad uh, a, a bad omen to be doing something like this. But regardless, yeah, I agree. regardless, it it is Halloween night. Um, apparently it's the Tommy Curtis Sundown Night. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, despite what we originally thought, it's it's not the springtime, it's Halloween night. Um, we meet uh, Corey and Jamie, and Jamie will be our protagonist through the film. And, <sighs> um, yeah, she's, she's not, uh, she's, she's just a bland protagonist, like, um, I mean, I, I, I saw this theory that it, it's kind of very off topic, but it's like, so the, the reason Victoria Justice's career never took off, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm connecting this somehow. So the, the reason her career never really took off is because in Victorious, she was the, um, she was the, the girl who was responsible for introducing us the more interesting people. You know? Because, mm-hmm. like, she's this, this normal girl that just goes to the school and she's kind of thrown into this school where there's over-the-top people doing performances and everything. And, mm-hmm. like, her role is to just introduce us to people who are more interesting than her. And I feel like that is how Jamie's character is because she's just this bland protagonist who has absolutely nothing interesting about her, and she's just here to get us from point A to point B, and then we're going to meet other characters who are more interesting than her. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I feel like we can. Although I did like Tori. Yeah, I mean, she was <laughs> Tori. Justice isn't bad at all, but um. I feel like going forward on this podcast, if there's a, a situation like this, we could just call it uh, the Victoria Justice uh, effect, where it's like yes. <laughs> there's a, a non-interesting character who is just in, whose job is to just introduce us to people who are more interesting than her. Mm-hmm. But, but um, <laughs> Craig left early, but that's okay. Um, Very early. Yeah. So uh there's there's even a a pastor who is uh promoting his church and uh he he's pretty much saying what what we're saying 
that like real people died and this might not be a good idea. She's like, and he's like, you guys all need to come to church this Sunday. Mm-hmm. To One of theirs. Repent your sins and give me money and uh and you won't get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> um so which actually is like a little tiny plot in the movie because once stuff does happen <laughs> he kind of pushes things forward more than mm-hmm. the phantom killer does himself. But um so uh uh Jamie's like uncomfortable with this movie or whatever so it's like one of those situations where it's like, oh, I, I kind of want to go home. I need to get out of here. And mm, your cliche horror thing. Yeah, and th- they just watched the movie where it specifically tells you don't go to make out reef because you're going to get slaughtered by the Phantom Killer. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly what they do. They go to make out reef and. <laughs> And uh, do exactly what people in the movie have done, and um, lo and behold, we meet the uh, the Phantom Killer for the first time in this movie. Um, it's actually a pretty cool shot of him just in the woods, like stalking, uh, stalking this couple. Uh, like, so yeah. if you if like, how do I want to say this? If you put a killer in a movie and they have a sack head. Like, I'm automatically on board with this killer. Um, unfortunately, this movie uh, lost all the points that it automatically gained. But it did. Um, but for the most part, like, the original uh, film and, the, like, Friday the 13th Part 2, even the opening scene in the Friday the 13th remake, I thought looked very cool. Because, like, anytime you put a sack over a killer's head, I'm on board. <laughs> Make a pause. Anyway. <laughs> so uh like they, they go to leave and the phantom breaks the window and tells them to get out of the car and uh I, I don't I, like I, the phantom's voice. Um I I didn't mind it. I just thought it was cuz they could have easily done like a very raspy like Batman voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I feel like that might have been over the top. Like he's just trying to hide his voice by just roaring and, and calling that a voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't really mind it because I like the um, just a normal guy with a normal voice thing. Um, but what I did think was weird is that he kind of playing the role as a mentor and he's like, do, you, do your parents know where you're at? <laughs> And um, you know it, it's 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 strange because he tells Corey to take his pants off. And I'm like, first he time does. I'm seeing this, I'm like, oh, are we are we, are we going here? Like, what, what are we doing? Um, I mean, I I think the idea was just so they could sw- switch pants with you know the the hitchhiker that they replace him with i guess i think yeah. that's i think that's the idea behind it but it's like yes yeah, at, at face value it's like why would you ask him to take his pants off we maybe to check for weapons or something but he doesn't even do that 
<laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, he tells Jamie to turn around, and uh, we see in like the silhouette from the uh the brake lights on the car that um the Phantom Killer is stabbing Corey repeatedly, and Jamie is just forced to watch the reflection. I'm sorry, the silhouette. And then she finally, like, can't handle it. She turns around and tells him to stop. And then he, like... He, he's like, he's like you, you turned around or something, and then he, like, chases her through the woods. Um, yeah. It, it is more of Jason Voorhees' style than the original. Because... Do you remember those scenes in the original where they're, like, chasing him through the woods and... Like, he's just running like a normal guy. Mm-hmm. But here, it's like we're just walking through the woods like Michael Myers or Jason does. And I don't know. I think it just ruins it, because... Yeah, I think so, too. This is just supposed to be a guy, you know? It's not like he's supernatural or anything. And and even, like, in those early Jason movies, like he's, he's running through the woods because he's just a normal guy. And then, like, as the series goes on, he becomes a zombie and all that, and then he starts mm-hmm. walking. But like, Michael Myers has, like, this supernatural edge to him where it's, like, you kind of question if he's supernatural or not. But this guy, like, he's just a guy. He's not really, like, anything, really. And he's just walking through the woods like a normal guy does. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought I, I thought it ruined it, but... Yeah, I think... I didn't like that either. So he he catches up to um to Jamie and he says, uh, "This is for Mary. Make them remember." And he stabs her in the stomach. Um, now I bring this question to you because I don't remember, even though I just watched the movie two days ago. Um, who is Mary? Mary. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I w- watched the movie less than forty eight hours ago, and I I can't remember. Me the too. <laughs> I watched it Thursday night. Like, was there a Mary in the original movie? Um, you know, I th- I think there was. I think there was because she's going through like the victim list or something of the original killings, and I think there is someone named Mary. I think I think Mary that's Shaw. Was. No, that's a different movie. Uh, let me just pull up the uh, original film real quick on IMDb. It says there is uh, no one named Mary. So, Now that was a good movie. Mary Shaw? Dead Silence. Oh yeah, that is a good movie. I'm afraid to rewatch that though because I liked The Town of Dreaded Sundown originally. And well, that, that. The, that was the puppets, so... It was cool. So, I mean, <laughs> so the the title card is pretty cool. I don't. I mean, I don't know why. It just. I don't know. I I liked it. it it's really nothing special, but I thought it, it looked pretty cool. Um. And then, uh, it shows uh, Jamie walking into the drive-in, and she collapses. And it's it's this cool shot where she's, uh. Kind of like Scream 2, where uh, Ada Pinkett Smith is 
screaming under the the screen and dying and it's uh Jamie dying underneath the town the dreaded sundown but uh, she's dying during the iconic trumpet scene from the original um I like it then we we cut to uh, the next day I guess um Jamie was uh, stabbed in the stomach and is immediately being interviewed by a police and I'm not sure I can't remember, is she in a hospital bed or is she actually in the police station? Hospital. Okay, because for some reason I remembered it being the, the police station and I was like, wait, how how did she get the police station if she was just stabbed? <laughs> um, they're around this town. There, there's that statue of... Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but there, there's a statue in town of this or whatever and he like somebody put the the sack over his head and it says like remember or something on there Mm -hmm. and I I was confused because I don't know where this comes back later on where they they say that it's like like they start blaming the guy of who is who they made the statue for and it's like we need to get rid of that statue, or this is going to keep happening. And I don't know if that's just like a, a random conspiracy nut who throws that idea out because it's just brought up by one guy and then just never mentioned again. Probably. Um. Yeah, so uh, Jamie's being interviewed by this group of annoying cops. Uh, they accuse her of being on drugs, and uh, they pretty much say like. You know, we we can't do anything for you. We're just going to put someone in front of your house and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently they're staying in front of her house for months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like as long as these killings go on, like someone is in front of that house. Because um, I, I guess she's just like what the phantom killer is using to spread his message to make people remember. I don't even know. Yeah. Doesn't even make sense why it would be her because she serves no connection to anybody in the original movie. Mm-mm. Like you could be like, oh, this is a the granddaughter of uh, you know the the last victim, and a the Phantom Killer wants to carry on his legacy, and I don't know. Who did something like that? <laughs> but, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, we kind of get refreshed on the original movie. Uh, Jamie's grandma, her name's Lillian, kind of talks about the original attacks. Um, it's like, I, I, I guess the idea was that um, the the movie brought back a bunch of like bad feelings in the town. And once again, it, it begs the question, if the, the movie brings back bad memories, why are you playing it every year? <laughs> yeah. Um, very good it, question. <laughs> and it is kind of like a, just a refresh on the original movie. Like everybody was uh, leaving the doors unlocked, and then you know, as uh, the killings happened, like <clears throat> people didn't trust their neighbors or anybody, and the killer was never caught. So p- people were uneasy for years. And um, I guess. I guess those feelings are starting to come back now that the Phantom Killer has started attacking again. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> and then Jamie takes it upon herself to do more research about the movie. And um, I, I think... Okay, so so this is what I have. So I guess Mary was the, a victim of the original killer. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I have in my notes that she's going through... Uh, she's like looking up a database or something of like the the victims in the original movie, and and there is one named Mary, so I think that is the idea. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, Jamie ends up going to Corey's funeral, and um, this is the first time I noticed that this movie gets very yellow. <laughs> um. <laughs> She's like, she goes to the funeral and her mom, or I'm sorry, Corey's mom blames her for him dying and calls her a slut and all this and that. And it's just mm-hmm. very, it's, it's very yellow and very, uh, just this disgusting color that I don't, that I absolutely hate. And, um, disgusting. And I don't, I don't know why. So. Uh, this is another thing this movie does. It introduces people only to have them be killed five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. So we meet this girl named Kendra who is uh, going to the airport to pick up her boyfriend, Daniel. Uh, this is when we jump ahead to Thanksgiving. So we are um, like as as of right now, this <laughs> is it's it's reached from Halloween to Thanksgiving, and I guess yep. he's he's coming home for. I don't know if he had just time off or what. I don't know how that works, but, um, it's Kendra and Daniel. So they have probably the most um, rigorous sex scene I've ever seen in a horror <laughs> film. Just yeah, out, just out of nowhere. It's just very aggressive. <laughs> she's like switching positions and it's like it's like we're we're in the town of the dreaded sundown like <laughs> we're we're in blumhouse slasher film can we can we cool it down a little bit um i can't so i guess he leaves the the hotel room when they're done to go get snacks out of the vending machine or something and it 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 has to be a random attack because I don't think the the reasoning for this ever comes back in the movie. Um, the Phantom Killer has just like cut off Daniel's head, and Kendra is in the the room, and he like throws it through the window. And yeah, it, it's just a, a stupid slasher scene i guess um, yeah yeah this is the one i did remember when she jumped out the window and broke her leg yeah um and she ran to the car to try to escape only to be met with a black christmas 2006 death <laughs> yeah it's one of those kills where <laughs> just blood splatters in the car for no <laughs> <laughs> all over the so, window yeah it's like what exactly did you do to to achieve that effect? <laughs> um, and then and then these two characters are just quickly removed from the movie. Uh, they're here at the airport. Then they have that 
very intense sex scene, and then they're just quickly removed and forgotten about. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, I'm curious how much they got paid to be in this movie just for something like that, because <laughs> it's like, hey, <laughs> we'll give you $100 to film these these two scenes real quick. Hmm. Um, so, uh, Jamie ends up getting a call from uh, who she thinks is Corey. Um, I, I guess the Phantom has taken Corey's phone. Maybe that's why he asked him to take his pants off. I guess so. Um, so it's still to be determined. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Never really find out. But um, and I, I guess he claims that he's he, he's going to keep killing people until she makes the whole town remember who he is and what happened. Um, instructions are very like unclear and the only reason she's not telling people is because the cops are like we need to keep this under wraps because yeah but it's like on the other hand like the whole town just saw this girl like get stabbed at the the screening of the town the dreaded sundown like if, if you're telling me this town is small like we're like word is going to get around fast like oh did you hear about that <laughs> that girl and her boyfriend that were stabbed at the, at that movie. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> they're saying they're saying it was the Phantom, but I mean that. I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that, especially because we we grew up in a small town and it's like, yeah, you know, if we're having a screening of a of a movie about a killer, and then that killer kills someone at the screening, like we're all gonna know about it. Or it's like, hey, I wasn't Corey in school today. <laughs> <laughs> like, he hasn't been in school for three weeks. So I hope he's okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't understand the thought process behind. This has to be the dumbest town in America. Yeah, I don't think I understand either. Texar camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the cop has a creepy line. Um, because she go, Jamie does go to the cops, and she's like, "Hey, um, this this guy is saying I need to tell everybody what's going on. Maybe I should." So he stops killing people, and the cop is like, "No, we don't want any ever, anything to go public." And he has this creepy line where he says that everyone in Texarkana has some kind of blood on their hands, and. <laughs> My question to you is, is the cop who said this, is this the guy who's revealed to be the killer at the end? Oh, that would make sense. I think that's what happens. Because for some reason, I, I forgot who the killer was, even though I saw this movie three times. No. <laughs> and apparently I still can't grasp the idea of who the killer is. Cause <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who said that line. It's just... But... The reveal of the killer is just so random that it's like, <laughs> it's like, who is this guy? It's a, I think I, I wouldn't have revealed it. <laughs> I think it, it's Chief Deputy, Chief Deputy. Oh my god, I can't say it. Chief Deputy Tillman is the is revealed to be the killer at the end. So I like Chief Deputy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess in, in this town they probably are Chief Deputies. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So 
he has that line and it's kind of foreshadowing like that he's the killer and you know and then we get a montage of the town preparing <laughs> as if they're going to war or something but uh <laughs> this was very reminiscent of the original film because there is that there are a few cool scenes of like the town boarding up their windows and everything yeah um and there's this cool shot where they're practicing at the shooting range and they're shooting like pictures of the phantom killer. Extra. I thought that, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> it, it is kind of extra, but I mean, I feel like Haddonfield at this point would be pretending to shoot Michael Myers all the time. So yeah, I do understand it. Um, and then they have a, uh, a, a town meeting <laughs> that is, that is led in prayer because we're in, we're in Texas and we're in Arkansas. So <laughs> that type of culture i guess yeah um and you know they kind of go over like you know basic uh basic ideas that people should have in a time like this like Mm -hmm. like, oh oh, the phantom has come back and they're like no he'd be over 100 years old if it was the same guy (laughs) it's probably not him (laughs) um and they talk about not showing the movie and uh, things of that nature. Uh, one of the guys, like we said, blames the, <laughs> blames the statue and is like, we need to take down that statue of that racist. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I, I'm all for removing uh, problematic statues. statues. Yeah, exactly. If, if Me you too. Were a, if you were a slave owner or something, we probably don't need to remember you. Um, yeah, we don't need your statue polluting the parks and whatnot. Yeah. Which kind of like, I mean, it, it has nothing to do with this movie, but we're kind of like, uh, cause, like the Washington Monument. Mm-hmm. Like, I think George Washington owned slaves. I'm not 100% sure of that. But do we just rename that or do we just tear it down? I think we can rename it. Yeah, I feel like if you rename it in like honor of, you know, these people that went through, um, you know, like hard times during slavery and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that they could name it. I think the um, streaming service Peacock should buy it. How do you say that? Name it the Peacock Tower or Peacock Monument, because the pictures that people have taken <laughs> with that statue. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've I've been in, I've been there, and I've seen yeah. people doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we went to this. Um... It was like a, a park or a zoo thing in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this weird thing where they have it, like part of it's a zoo, part of it is a um, like a walkway with flowers and everything. And like, yeah, it, it's a really cool place. Um, but there's just like this one part of it where it's just a huge Debbie Downer where it's just like they have like houses that slaves used to live in and mm-hmm. like, it's like oh if you if you push this button you could hear songs that slaves used to sing mm. and it's like oh man <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it it's just it, it kind of brings down the mood of this park but i mean i yeah. I, under, I understand why people do it to like yeah pay tribute to people who went through the the, the bad times of slavery but yeah but yeah, we, oh, yeah. Could, we could tear the statue down. Yeah, um, apparently. 
I mean, I mean, not apparently, but obviously, the statue is the thing that brought the Phantom Killer back. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to to tie it back to this movie a little bit, but at I mean, the end, some people said it was demons too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, Jamie goes to uh, the city hall to dig up archives of the Phantom. This is where we meet um, her uh, love interest through the rest of the movie named Nick. And I thought that he was the killer. <clears throat> I feel like that would have been a little bit too obvious. Yeah, it would have been. Because he, he is kind of creepy because he's like, hey, I, I watched you when we were in class together last year. And she's like, I don't even know you. And she, and he's just like, I was hoping, or I, I always wanted to talk to you, but I never did. It's like one of those things. So I think he was maybe yeah. a little bit, a little bit too creepy to be the killer. But yeah, I, I thought that too. I was like, this guy, he has some red flags. He might be killerisque. Might be the type of guy to to put a bag over his head and go kill people. Yeah. Um, so m- meanwhile, while, uh, Jamie and Nick are digging up, uh, documents, we meet, uh, Texas Ranger, Lone Wolf Morales. He's been brought into town to, uh, take over this investigation. AKA watch a movie. <laughs> and there's this brief scene where they're going through, uh, they're like reviewing the case. And they call out this guy by the name of Sparkplug, which I thought was a nice little, uh, nice little tribute to the <laughs> to the original film. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm still sticking to my theory that uh, Sparkplug was was the killer in the original film, and he was just an idiot messing up the case. <laughs> yeah, I I like that theory. I I especially like that scene where he kind of just shows up. And wrecks the, the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we're hot on the trails of the Phantom Killer. And he just <laughs> wrecks the car. <laughs> um, so I, I guess that somehow they have, they have original, they have a, like original footage of the killer. I wasn't sure if they were talking about this killer or the original, but he's like, I want to see that footage and I want to see the original movie because believe it or not, <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> um, Terrible. Yeah. Um, th- there's a, a research montage that Jamie's doing, and there's this guy named uh, Benjamin Sewell, who is the guy they think was involved with the original killings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never really confirmed that that's who it was, but... Um, I guess they did arrest him and he died in prison or something. And once he was arrested for an unrelated charge, the killing stopped. So that is the um, theory that the town town is running. Ultimate theory. Um, And then this is where Jamie gets an email from the killer. And this this email is strange because as I was reading this, I was like, well, this kind of contradicts what he said earlier, because he he says something like, I just want my soul to rest in peace, and I need people to remember me, and that's how it happens, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and he's like, despite what you may believe, I love my neighbors. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Mm-mm. That's how you kind of know that it was fake. Yeah, because <clears throat> I was like, I didn't, I didn't know it was fake the first time I watched it, but I was like, well, that kind of just contradicts everything he just said. <laughs> um, then Jamie takes her uh, Benjamin Sewell research to the police. Um, I guess Benjamin died last year, so he was in prison for years, I guess, and the killing stopped. And she's like, oh, well, it might be his son because... Um, you know, his his dad was falsely accused of being the killer, so, like, this new guy is probably his son or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the police are like, we already uh, ran with that investigation, because it's, it's kind of very obvious, but uh, Benjamin Sewell's son died two years ago in a bar fight, so it is not him, and uh, they're kind of back to the drawing board. Yeah, all the theories are shot down. Yeah, but it's it's like those things where it's it's like you think you have like hardcore proof of something, and then it just instantly it's like no, no, it's uh, no, you're wrong, <laughs> not even close. <clears throat> Try again. Um, yeah. So there's an interesting line by the the radio host. Did you catch this? It was um, I forget who who I forget who's driving. I think it might be Nick. No, I'm sorry. It's it's, it's Jamie because Nick's at the house already. Uh, Jamie's driving and she's listening to the radio. The radio host is like, "It's the Texas High Tigers versus Arkansas High Razorbacks." Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a real bloodbath. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you not know what's going on right now? <laughs> they probably don't. <laughs> or maybe that's why they said it because they do know what's going on. Maybe, but. Either way, it's like either either educate yourself as to what's going on or watch your phrasing because Yeah. <laughs> terrible. So so Nick is at Jamie's house. Um Jamie's Jamie's grandmother like awkwardly eavesdrop. Uh, yeah, and she she wants to know like fix life plans, I guess. Um, I think they might do that because <clears throat> maybe they're trying to convince us that Lillian is the killer to get Jamie out of town. Uh-huh. Because she is kind of like pushing her to move away and go to college. Yeah. But I also don't think that really works very well because it also like doesn't come back at all. And I don't know if, if that's what they were trying to do. It it just doesn't work. This movie has a lot of things that don't work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> this is where we get that awkward scene where Jamie is like, "Why are you helping me?" I guess Nick works at the library or something where they keep mm-hmm. these records. He's like, "I'm helping you because I always wanted to talk to you." <laughs> Adorable. I was going to say that's weird, but okay. No, it is. (laughs) Um, And we get some backstory on Nick. Uh, This is like another one of those things where it's like 
kind of trying to show us that oh this guy is kind of weird so maybe it is him but his uh his father committed suicide and his mom is in a mental hospital and um yeah it's like well this guy has some demons so maybe you know he's maybe he finally snapped and <laughs> he's living a double life as phantom killer and he also asks her out to yeah. the for the victims yeah, it's like... You want to go on a date to the vigil? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like... You could just go out to dinner or something. You don't have to... Like, go going to pay tribute to <laughs> to uh, fallen townspeople is not a date. <laughs> but, um... Contrary to popular belief. So... The, um... So at this vigil, it's it's very strange because Phantom Killer shows up, and it's like, oh well, maybe, you know, I got maybe this is him, or maybe it's a copycat or something. But it's like maybe he was trying to kill someone here, and it was just a botched thing because yeah. this this is a copycat, so he might be an idiot, you know. <laughs> so. So I don't know. Like someone shows up at this this vigil as the Phantom Killer, and then like a Marine just pulls out a gun and shoots him, and then is like, like just gives himself up for arrest. And it's like, no, you you did this this town a favor by killing this guy. I don't I don't think you would get arrested for that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that goes along the lines of self defense. Yeah, and and we get this like kind of montage where the whole town is getting word that the phantom killer is dead mm-hmm. and it's and it's like this weird party this rich people party yeah. i never had that here <laughs> <laughs> it's like the 1% of of Texarkana or at this party uh they're they're see these people aren't at the vigil the they're, elite <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're like you, you know uh the, the phantom killer was shot it's it's time to celebrate and celebrate with some upbeat jazz music. But before that, they have to <laughs> lead it in prayer. <laughs> yeah. And then a very she... awkward prayer too. I don't remember what they said exactly. I just know that very awkward. <laughs> you, you could you could tell it's someone who doesn't pray often because it's just like thank you, God, for keeping us safe. <laughs> yeah. And then this random rich woman is like, I'm going to count down the band. A one, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and then they just start playing. And the, those two guys that were in the band even made fun of her for doing that, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is part one of what I think is an ongoing trend in this movie from here on. So... Lone Wolf is now watching on the dreaded sundown from 1976. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's keep in mind that movie is an hour and a half long. Okay. It's probably about maybe 40 minutes left in this movie that spans over the course of a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. So why is he constantly watching this movie? Like every time we see him from here on out, does he just keep stopping it? I don't like, understand. 
because the, the movie is only an hour and a half long and he's watching it like he's watching Twin Peaks or something like that. <sighs> like he needs to investigate every little nook and cranny of that movie to get to the bottom of who the Phantom Killer is. And it's like the the, the movie is not what you need to look at. You need to look at like <laughs> the, the real evidence that you have in front of you. Yeah. Not, this, not this movie that's based off of the original killings. He's, he's watching it like it's Twin Peaks and it makes no sense. I don't know, that, that bothered me. Yeah, you're more, right. More than I probably should. So, so anyway, at this rich party, uh, we meet Johnny and Roy, who are some more characters who we meet uh, just to have them killed mm-hmm. uh, moments later. Um, this time, instead of going to Make Out Reef, they go to um, Make Out Junkyard. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Still, and, even though they said that the killer was killed, I don't think it's a good idea to go here right now. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I feel like after this happened, like you'd you'd still be on edge for like a year or so before yeah. you're alone or whatever. Not these but, guys, though. But this really comes out of nowhere because they're just sitting in this junkyard, and the one guy is like. You want to suck it? <laughs> <laughs> and it just comes out of nowhere because I think w- at first glance, I think we're supposed to think that they're friends. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I, was, it, I was catching those glimpses while they were blowing their um, instruments. So I don't think <laughs> they oh, were just. Okay. <laughs> okay I, di- I didn't catch that. So apparently they want to do more than than blow instruments tonight, but... Um, mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but the Phantom Killer has other plans, because uh, <laughs> he shows up... To, so it, it, it's, it's funny, because they have a convertible, and... That's like the smallest convertible I've ever seen in life. And they, they see the killer, and uh, it, it's, it's Roy who's driving, and Johnny's in the passenger seat. So Roy, like starts driving away and just gets like whacked in the head with something and passes out. And mm-hmm. as, as he's driving, Johnny jumps out of the out of the car. He said and drive then, and then immediately leaves the car. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's so strange, but Yeah. And then uh well, I Johnny... guess it's a good idea when there's only one killer, but I guess this was our first hint that there's more than one. Yeah. But um uh, Johnny jumps out of the car and he like he gets knocked unconscious too, and I guess there's like amusement park letters in this junkyard because the phantom is like spelling out words in this junkyard, spelling out stuff that nobody's gonna see. He wrote phantom unless you, unless you have an airplane shot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He he wrote Phantom and Legacy, and I'm, I'm not sure if there was like a full sentence to that, but those are the only two words that I figured out. Same. And um, he has Roy on top of the um, some sort of platform. And uh, Johnny is on the ground. <clears throat> and uh, Roy ends up waking up, and then he sees Johnny down there. And then as Johnny is crawling toward him, the Phantom Killer shoots him. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the Phantom Killer is like, oh, I'm finally going to start paying tribute to this original guy, so let me just pull out this trumpet. 
<laughs> kill this yeah, guy. Gotta get that trumpet scene again. But it's like, where did this trumpet come from? Because in the original, I think the the person who gets killed by the trumpet like had a trumpet handy. Oh wait, oh, these these guys were in the band. That's where it came mm-hmm. from. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense now. Maybe that's why he decided to pay a trip because like, oh, I have a trumpet right here. I might as well get creative. Yeah. And copy I th- someone. <laughs> I thought something just clicked in him and he's like, well, I'm going to start paying tribute now. So let me go buy this trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was uh, Johnny and Roy. So it's, it's very similar to the original killing where he kind of just it's a yeah. knife at the, at the end of the trumpet and starts playing it. Um, Probably my favorite kill from the original one, and probably my favorite from this one too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so... we find find out after they died that that man that came to the vigil mm-hmm. was a suicidal teen dressed up as the Phantom. Yeah, which also doesn't make sense because why? <laughs> At the end of the movie, there were two killers anyway. Yeah. So, and the thing is, like, they they turn on each other. So maybe it's like, oh, um, Corey was the killer, and he's an idiot. So he just botched this attempt, and now from this point on, it's the it's the chief deputy. Yeah, maybe we do something like that. Yeah, that would have been better. But yeah, it was like a, a suicide attempt <laughs> that this guy just wanted be shot down by the police and this was his way of doing it um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh, Lone Wolf is still watching this movie um, <laughs> it's been um, like two months <laughs> yeah and the, the the deputy that he's working with I think it's Tillman uh, he's, he's talking to um, he's talking to Lone Wolf Morales and he's like I just did the hardest thing I had to do. I told those kids' parents that they didn't suffer and they died before the worst of it. And it's like... Yeah. He's like, well, they were crying, so I know that they actually suffered, but I told their parents that they didn't. Which... A good move. Yeah. Um... And the, um... So this is this is Lone Wolf Morales's big uh reveal from watching this movie repeatedly <laughs> over the course of a month. He realized that the next killing in the movie is a double homicide in a farmhouse. And then Tillman is like, "Well, every house here is a farmhouse because we li- we live in Texas." <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it just like jumps to the next scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is a cool transition. It's uh, one of my favorite scenes in the original film where it's the narrator talking and they play the scene from the original movie where it's like um, Texarkana was normal during the day but everyone dreaded sundown or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love that line in the original. Um, like j- yeah, just the, I love the original movie. J- just the title of these two movies, like, I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
watching this makes me appreciate the original one even more because yeah I'm aware of how bad things could be so <laughs> so um we cut to Jamie and Nick who are uh sitting in the car which is uh what they shouldn't do um Jamie uh what movie was this that we talked about recently where it's oh it's it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it's like I should have died in the school shooting but here uh-huh. here Jamie is like my my parents died in a car accident and I should have died with them so death is following me <laughs> and awful there's I, I was actually cracking up because like you can see in the distance, I mean, not, not even in the distance, but you can see out of the window of the car that there's a dead end sign right in front of the car. <laughs> oh, so they thought that they were doing something there. Yeah, they thought they were being symbolic with this. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, death is following me," and then it's a, a dead end sign right right outside the car. <laughs> she was, was just focused on the sign. I was like, "This this is not as clever as you think it is." <laughs> <laughs> no, not at um, all. I wish I would have zoomed in on the sign when she said it. <laughs> yeah, they should have. And then uh, Nick takes this upon himself to make a move and then is shut down and immediately kicked out of the car. <laughs> and it's like, you, yeah. you know what's going on. You know the killer is not dead. Why are you kicking this kid out of the car? Because <laughs> <laughs> then... there's no time to make a move. <clears throat> But then, like, a, a few minutes later in the movie, she's like, I'm sorry for kicking you out of the car, <laughs> making you walk home. Yeah, I saw. I was confused because they were, like, talking in the next <clears throat> scene. Where, like, nothing happened. So what happens is it's a time jump. So now this movie becomes a Christmas film. So you've heard it here. Uh, on on your letterbox list, when you're putting Christmas movies on there, you better put The Town That's Dreaded Sundown on there, too. Cause... Yeah, I'm not going to watch this again. Because <laughs> this is a Christmas film, so add this to your holiday watch list. So, um, the, the cops, the cops finally have some sort of evidence to finally do something in this movie. I don't even say how they figured it out, but they just blame the Reverend Cartwright for <laughs> for writing the email, <laughs> and they're like, "Look, I don't know why it took so long." No, but they're like, "Look, we, we know you're not the killer." But we also know that you're a weirdo. So and you sent this email. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and his reasoning behind it was something about his church has been more full now than it has ever been. And people are going to the Lord yeah, during these times. And he also says, quote, <laughs> the killer is doing the Lord's work. And it's yep. like, what? <laughs> yep, what? he did say that too. What? <laughs> Is it because they're all um, hooking up and they're not married? Or something stupid like that? That might be it, because there is like that undertone of like premarital sex. Yeah. Like, like anyone who has premarital sex is getting killed. And then the two guys hooked up. Yeah. So yeah, the Reverend is trash. Yeah. Um, and they arrested him. 
But the one yeah. cop was like upset over it. Like he's so upset he has to go to the bar on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and he had to arrest the the rest of the guy over an email. And he's like bragging about it. And I guess that is good enough to uh get this girl to come home with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, I arrested this pastor in town for sending an email. It was like, it's like dwelling over it, but I don't know if it was fake dwelling. Yeah, I don't know. Drowning his yeah. sorrows, but bragging. And then the woman's very impressed by it. Yeah. Uh, but before this, before I forget, there's a brief scene of Nick and Jamie. This is where they apologize to each other. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like... Somehow, two months later, they finally found out that the director of the original movie, his son still lives in town and he's still alive. And the director um, actually died in 2010. And almost certain that if if he was still alive when this movie was made, they probably would have put him in here. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like, oh, he died four years ago. Let's put his son in here instead. This movie's time frame is messy, too. Yeah. Because they they're they're like doing this research, but it takes them a month to find stuff out. Yeah, like the most basic information. Like that's that's something you could find with a Google search or two. Even in 2014, you could do that. It's like, oh, yeah. Let me see where so and so lives. Oh, I'm like oh, the last I've heard, they resided here. <laughs> it's like oh, the director of the original film. Oh, he stayed in Texarkana till his death. Oh, his son's name is this. Let me go to Google. Look up his son's name. Oh, he lives here too. Mm -hmm. And there it is. Find him on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, oh, he has a Twitter. Let me just tweet him real quick. Hey, are you (laughs) in town? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, anyway, yeah, the, the police officer who's upset is, uh, they're like, this girl's making up for all of his problems because she's real impressed and she's uh, going down on him. And ironically enough, she's going down at a farmhouse. Yeah. There's this there, there's this weird shot where it, it looks like the cop is about to grab a gun, but he grabs, yeah, his, beer, grabs, like... his, grabs his beer instead. And it's I was like, like oh, are, we, are we getting spring breakers role play? <laughs> I didn't know if we were doing that. <laughs> or if, if we were like kind of uh like hinting that oh he's gonna kill this girl. Either yeah. way, either way it's just over real quick. Like he, he doesn't grab the gun and then it's just over with. Yeah. And it's like what, what was the point of that? But um <laughs> speaking of guns, the Phantom Killer shoots him in the eye through the window, uh very similar to the original film. Mm-hmm. Um the same house too. Yeah, th- this shot is like identical to the original film. Um, the the girl notices what's going on. They couldn't have done that upstairs. You got to do it in front of a big a big window without your curtains closed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the girl ends up like running into the field and. Uh, very like you could have taken the original scene and just placed it here. That's how similar it is. Yeah, um, they're going in different directions. We, we talked about this earlier, where she sees the scarecrow and it has like 
it looks similar to the Phantom Killer. Mm -hmm. She screams, and that's how he finds her. Yeah, this and... whole scene almost felt like it was grabbed from a different movie, or was grabbed from, like, this is the first thing they ever shot for this movie. Yeah. And then they changed direction right after. Because she dies, and then they showed, like, she was in the neighbor's field. Yeah. And they were leaving to go to church, and they see her. And then we saw that transition with the original movie being filmed at that house. Yeah. And it's like the same window and everything. Yeah. Yeah, you're right that this, this feels like it's a totally different movie because... Because I really like that whole sequence. Yeah. Um, the only other time I think I remember them doing it, and I couldn't tell, is during the trumpet scene. Because mm -hmm. I think there's a shot of the original killer, like the original shot in the original movie placed in there. Yeah. But I'm not, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you 100% because the killers look almost identical. Yeah. But I think it looked like they took a shot of the original one and placed it there. But yeah, this is the only time we actually see like the production crew of the original film, like doing the movie and everything. And yeah, it just, it. That's it so annoying. <laughs> it feels like it's ripped from a better movie. <laughs> yeah, that we'll never see. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that there's that cool transition shot, and then we cut to um. Uh, Jamie and Nick going to the director, uh, Charles Pierce Jr., who is uh, the director's son, and he has to be the only person in the world. The with a shrine to the town that dreaded sundown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um he he's going on, he's like, Oh, my dad would have been famous if uh he went to Hollywood, but he wanted to stay in town. And so like, your dad did make like ten movies, so he like he, he wasn't like no scrub or anything. Like he Yeah. Like he actually was pretty successful and especially like the town that dreaded sundown is a very good horror film, so I yeah, think this if you... was um, Dennis O'Hare. He is probably the best actor in the movie. Uh -huh. He's like... an American Horror Story regular, so it makes sense for him to be here. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's like if if you're if you make one successful movie, like I would consider you a success. But he's like, oh, my dad was a failure because he didn't go to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I would have considered that successful too, especially they watch his movie every year. Yeah. So, uh, Charles tells them about uh, Hank McCready, who was the uh, the final and forgotten victim of uh, the original Phantom Killer. Um, I guess the idea was that it took place in Arkansas and not on the mm -hmm. Texas side. It was a body that was like, um, like worked up by the train tracks, which makes sense because in the original film they lost him at the train tracks. Yeah. So it's like how he like moved to the Arkansas side and you know things went south there and he found someone and killed them too. But um <laughs> I guess w while the Arkansas side found the body of Hank McCready, the Texas side was arresting Benjamin's Benjamin Sewell. Mhm. Mm 
and they just ran with the story like oh we found the killer it's this guy instead of like oh the killer's over there now and he got another victim uh, kind, of, kind of like damage control I guess where it's yeah like, it's like sloppy place where we just want to get rid of it yeah um so so Charles has this theory that uh, Hank McCready's grandson is um is the killer because I guess his family was um kind of hurt that that his legacy was not included <laughs> with the Phantom Killer which mm-hmm. I mean I get it but I don't at the same time because it's like do you really want your family to be known as like oh that my gra- my grandfather was killed by the Phantom Killer. But, um, yeah. So I guess uh, Charles talked to um, Mary McCready, who was Hank's uh, Hank's mother. I think is that who it was. Oh yeah, I remember um, remember Mary or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And I, I guess. Um, she said that her grandson would make Texarkana pay for its sins. And then, um, yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess we could kind of spoil it now because it is coming back to me before I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank McCready is actually uh, Deputy Tillman, who uh, is revealed at the end in about 10 minutes. To, uh, oh, yeah, the movie's almost over. Yeah. So. Um, I, I only thought of it now because I was going to say this plot goes nowhere, but then I remembered that quick <laughs> line. It, it's it came back to me. So, um, anyway, uh, Lone Wolf is is on the news, <clears throat> and uh, keep in mind uh, that the, this cop who was shot in the head. Uh, keep in mind what he was doing when he was shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lone Wolf's line is. It's always hard to lose an officer in the line of duty. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, is, like, like, is that is that what you want to call it? <laughs> like we gotta have this cover up story because he's looking at. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, this police officer is actually worse than the the new Halloween timeline police officer that doesn't do anything. Oh yeah, that that sheriff who does absolutely the one with nothing. the hat that sits on the stairs and contemplates who does nothing where, for where this movies. town <laughs> contemplates where this town has gone, and then <laughs> yeah, you just two, don't see him. It's been two movies and he's done absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I I feel like we're kind of just rushing toward the end point at at this point of the movie. It's. It's kind of dumb because Jamie <clears throat> they, were, Jamie they were on a budget. And they're yeah, like, we ran out of money, so now we got to finish. Pretty much, uh, Jamie is randomly moving to California now because she's her grandma's like, look, you need to get out of town and all this and that. Um, I was trying to find the budget real quick, but I can't find it on IMDb. Um, I can't find it anyway. Um, yeah, she's she's moving to. California, and then her and Nick kind of have this brief scene where it's like, hey, I'm moving out of town tomorrow. We need to hook up before I do. <laughs> yeah. And, um... 
yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. Um, so Nick leaves in the middle of the night. Um, this kill was actually pretty cool too. I totally forgot about it until now. Um, he left in the middle of the night, and he's like walking through, um, like sensor lights. I think it kind of reminded me of Halloween. Speaking of, mm-hmm. um, because it's like he's walking through these motion sensor lights, and they're going out and coming on. And then just in one random shot, it's close up on the Phantom Killer's face, and he gets uh, gets killed. So Nick is not the killer. Um, and then um, we cut to uh, Jamie leaving town. Uh, it's this like brief scene where she's like, "I have information on Hank McCready. Like, I think his grandson might be the killer, and all this and that." Um. So, this like this scene was weird because I guess the Phantom Killer was following her out of town. Yeah, because they stop at a gas station, and like Jamie goes in to get food or something. And keep in mind, it's like two in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes in the gas station to get something, and she hears gunshots. And she she comes outside and she sees like one of the workers is shot and her grandma was shot in the neck and they're dying. So I guess the phantom was like shooting from a window or something. Yeah. Now, I don't know why he had to follow her out of town if she's leaving. Like, why can't he just continue doing what he's doing without her there? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, she's, I think, not, she's not anybody. I think it's because... I know they were trying to frame her. Yeah, I, I think that's why, because they tried to frame... Um, I mean, I guess we can kind of spoil it now, but um, Deputy Tillman is... Like, he kills... So Corey comes back. Um, Deputy Tillman then kills Corey again. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to kill... <laughs> I'm going to kill him and I'm going to kill you and it'll be like this couple who committed these crimes and one of them faked his death and I guess that's what we're doing. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know other than that. Because I guess Deputy Tillman might need her here to still connect her to the killings because I guess... Even though she's been watched by police for the past two months, we're still trying to frame her for it somehow. Yeah, she had like <laughs> she had people following her everywhere she went. The cops were always wherever she was. Yeah, and, I, he, I, and he's a cop. <laughs> that's literally the only thing I could think of. Other than that, it makes no sense. But um, so. I guess Jamie runs away from the Phantom and then he chases her and it's still like that Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees walk that he shouldn't be doing because mm-hmm. that's not his thing. Um, and she goes have, into it. So she pulls out that um, bow and arrow. Yeah. And she goes into the train station and there's just a gun on the floor. And it's like, who? Who? <laughs> like, whose gun is this? 
who just left their gun on the train on the, the the train station floor? Was it his? I don't know, because um, there's a line earlier by Lone Wolf where he says like the Phantom Killer doesn't make any mistakes, so I don't think he would just leave his gun sitting around. I don't know. I guess technically he's not the Phantom Killer because he's trash. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, nevertheless, she found a gun, <laughs> um, and then the Phantom mm. the Phantom calls her from uh, Corey's phone. And her phone rings, and that's why you always leave your phone on vibrate because yes. you're, being chased. <clears throat> you're being chased. No one could call you, but um, well, they can call you, but you can't hear it. Um, so the phantom hears her phone ringing and finds her, and then she finds Nick's body on the train tracks, which is uh, similar to how Hank McCready was killed. Mm-hmm. And um. So the phantom like hunts her down and he shoots her with bow and arrows. And then she's on the ground. And when we see her on the ground, we see another phantom killer come out. So this is like the big reveal that we've been talking about where there's two of them. I was so annoyed. <laughs> I was like, really? They had to do this? Yeah. It, it makes things too obvious because I think it's more scary when it's like, oh, there was only one and he happened to be doing all because he. He happened to be doing yeah. all this because he's a genius. And when there's They're two trying, of them, trying to give their best scream, but it wasn't working. Yeah. When, when there's two of them, it kind of takes away from the mystique behind this killer. Because I like the idea of just like one killer who's just this really smart guy who just happened to outsmart this entire town. But when you have, yeah. two, of, when you have two of them, it takes it away a little bit. So, anyway, it's revealed that uh, the uh, deputy is the killer, and Corey is the other killer, and uh, Corey um, faked his death and used a, a runaway's body, put up his face, and placed two of his teeth with <laughs> with him. And somehow he was able to trick this entire town into thinking that he was dead. Um, I also want to point out that uh, it's actually Deputy Foster who is the killer, not Deputy Tillman. Um, even though we've been saying Tillman for the past hour, it is uh, Deputy Foster. But fine too. <laughs> I, I don't know. Th- this town is just stupid. So... I'm gonna assume that the other teeth were missing in action. <laughs> Maybe, but. So, I guess Deputy Foster's idea is to just frame Corey and Jamie for being the killers. So he shoots, yeah. he shoots Corey and attacks Jamie, and it's like, well, if they were the killers, how did they get killed? You know? Like, yeah. like that doesn't make sense. Um, I wish they turned on each other and shot at the same time. <laughs> no, I wish Corey would have been a bigger role. Since they were going to reveal him as the killer, yeah. Or the cop could have been someone that we recognized instead of just oh, it's him. <laughs> I don't know yeah. who that is. Because at uh, first I didn't even recognize either one of them. I'm like, who are these people? I need. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, I thought he died. Yeah, because they play such small roles, and then it's like, yeah. oh, they're the killers. 
Like, oh, that, well, that's weird. Yeah, it's strange because in every other movie where you have to guess the killer, and I don't even know this movie was going to turn into that because I usually like those, but each character is usually relevant. Like in Valentine, we in Valentine we knew the killers. Um, like in Scream Five, we spend most of the movie with the killers. And then My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, and then here it's just like, oh, you hear these random side characters nobody cares about. That guy from that guy from that one scene seventy five minutes ago, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they should have been like it could have been Nick and then somebody else. Yeah. And it could have been a little better. Yeah. So uh it's too late to fix the movie though. <laughs> yeah. So Deputy Foster, um, he tries to attack Jamie. Jamie, uh, who has the gun, ends up shooting him and killing him, and then um that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, no big no no big payoff or anything. Um, we do get this uh, terrible um, voiceover to end the film. Yeah, um, kind of just wrap things up a little bit. Um, they like the the voiceover even says that Corey and Deputy Foster had nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> Because, because as as the audience, it's like, why would they do that? Like, why would th- them two be in cahoots? In the movie, I can't is... even remember what were Corey's motives. Even I, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think his are even given. Um, Deputy Foster is revealed to be Hank McCready's grandson. Yeah. Other, other than that, like, it's just nothing. Um. Yeah, and like the voiceover is like as audience, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. They're two random people, and then in the voiceover, of the movie is like, they had nothing in common except for the darkness in their hearts, <laughs> and that was enough to bring them together to to commit these crimes. Um, yeah. And then um, the, Jamie does go to California to go to college, and the it's final like show I wanted. Yeah. And the final shot is her walking down a hallway, and you can see the shadow of the phantom behind her. And Ugh. and that's that's how it ends. Um, Something we didn't need. Yeah, it's um, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh. Yeah, it, 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 it's not good. That's all I'll say is that it's not good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was The Town That Dreaded Sundown from 2014. Um, some good things and a lot of bad things. Um, mm-hmm. Just just an all-around uh, missed opportunity, I think, because it is a, it, it is a nice idea to, um, you know, kind of... Um, you know, like like the whole half reboot, half sequel thing is a is a good idea. It's yeah, just they not... just didn't perform it well. Yeah, unfortunately. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I have for that. Um, I think they should have had better a better um lead role too. Yeah, I I do think if you are going to watch 
one of these movies, you're much better off watching the original and just leaving it at that because yeah. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil the ending of that movie, but it, it like the ending is much better. To that movie. that one just feels so unique too, like yeah. we said earlier, because it was like a crime western horror mix. Yeah, because because that movie took place before uh, Halloween came out. Like that movie was made before Halloween. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it was post Halloween, it would have been just like a generic slasher. Yeah, but like at at that point, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas came out, but slashers weren't that as prominent as they were in the eighties. Yeah, so it came out at like the the perfect time to not be swept up in that slasher genre, and unfortunately, that's what this one does. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I got for this movie. Um, do you have anything else? No, not really. Would you like to uh, jump into our recommendations? Mm-hmm. It's time to recommend some things you and me were recommending. All right. Go first. All right. Well, this week I went to the movies and I saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Ooh. And it was brilliant. (laughs) Now, I don't know if it's brilliant because I liked the games as a child. It was just like a really fun movie. Even the human characters didn't take away from the plot. They were funny. Okay. I think it's... Hold on, what else did I see this year? I was going to say, that movie's probably the funniest movie I've seen this year. With X. Oh, yeah. And everything everywhere all at once was funny, too, in parts. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the movie. It was great. It's really, I don't know how to explain it, just that, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see it, so don't spoil too much. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey's in it again. Does great. Okay. Yeah, I do want to see it. <laughs> it's like, he was Riddlerish. That's probably why I liked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, movies full of likable characters and it's fun. Okay, yeah, I'll have to check it out. We need um, lighthearted movies every now and then. It's definitely one of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have not seen any new movies pretty much. Um, I've just rewatched movies for the podcast recently. Mm-hmm. I, re- I rewatched Batman yesterday. That was pretty good. Um, I guess a movie I saw a few weeks ago called Taurus Trap from 1979. It's like like a ripoff of Psycho and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's like this... um, These these people break down and they come across a museum that is run by this like weird guy who has like these weird mannequins. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, 
yeah, it, it is. It, it's like a, a, a cheesy 70s slasher with like. I mean, if you look at the poster, that's pretty much Leatherface on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it's nothing great, but I thought it was pretty fun. So, yeah, it's called Taurus Trap. Taurus Trap. I do want to do that on an episode sometime, so I don't want to spoil too much of it. Okay. But, so. <clears throat> I'm stretching. So next week, um, <laughs> you are going to be out of town for most of the week. So do you want to take the week off next week and then we'll come back the week after? We can. I probably will be here Saturday. Okay. Well, one or the other. If if we if if we don't have an episode next week, then that's what happens. Stephen was out of yeah. Town. If we we'll um, have a, a surprise drop, yeah. If if not, we'll we'll be back the following week. Um, let me look at the calendar. We should do a proper um, spring slasher movie and do like the Strangers or something. <laughs> You know, that's what I was actually going to pick for the next one, too. But um, we did have that schedule for a little bit where we were going to do the Evil Dead Friday the, mm-hmm. 13th, Friday the 13th and Star Wars. Yeah, so that's Three. May. So if if we come back next week, we're going to do The Strangers. If we don't I come almost back, picked that. Probably should have. <laughs> I was like, let me, let me choose the Town Dread Sundown because I didn't see it. And... He said it was decent, so I'll probably like it. And then... And we both didn't like it. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's the plan. If, if, we, if we come back next week, we're going to do The Strangers. If we don't come back, we're going to be back in two weeks doing The Evil Dead. That's the plan. And The Strangers is actually a fit with a summer movie, too. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's springtime, summertime. Yeah. Vacation yeah. vibes. And when I tell you no movie has scared me more than The Strangers, I'm not, I'm not kidding. That movie was absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that, I would, even the second one, I was anxious the whole time. So I'm like, oh my god, I hate this yeah. time where everyone's being chased. But it's the original one has a different vibe because they feel stuck. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not as stuck in the trailer park, but yeah. I Yeah. It's that one, and then Black Christmas, the original. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. That, it's a sense uh, of, I'm stuck. I don't know. I don't have anywhere else to go. Regardless of if we do it or not, <laughs> I'm, regardless of if we do it or not, I'm still going to watch The Strangers now, because yeah. you got me in the mood to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's all I got for this episode. Um. Unfortunately, it's a movie that we both did not enjoy as much as we hoped. But yeah, it made me appreciate the original much more too. Yeah, that's that's the positive that we'll take out of this. <laughs> um, and there's that field scene and the transition with the them filming. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that that's right. been the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunate. So um, you can follow us on Instagram at Santamira After Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at Santamira uh, AD Pod. 
through there you can find our personal social media accounts and uh, I think that's all I got yeah oh nope <laughs> curfew is now in session and then we'll let that rock song play something